This is the Answer Your Unique Calling podcast. This podcast provides tips, tools, and inspiring stories for creating clarity around your calling, opening your heart to infinite possibilities, and enabling you to have the greatest impact on the world. I'm Julian Crossenhill, a certified spiritual life coach, meditation teacher, human design specialist, and founder of Pre-Survenana. And most recently, I've joined the faculty at Starseed Academy Coach Training. It's my mission to teach and guide others in living a spiritually aligned life that answers their unique calling. Welcome, and thanks for listening. Today on Answering the Unique Calling podcast, I'm really excited to have with me Jordi Chevalier. And Jordi is a certified spiritual life coach focusing on life transitions. Her passion is helping those who are going through life-changing events such as divorce, career changes, grief, and those in the LGBTQ community. Her mission is to walk her clients through the process of rediscovering themselves and helping them to show up authentically. She does this by empowering you to speak your truth, helping you overcome blocks, fears, and limiting beliefs, as well as walking the journey with you as you discover who you are. You can follow Jordy on Instagram at Journey Through the Darkness. Hi, Jordy. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So as you know, this is the Answering Your Unique Calling podcast. And so a lot of people, you know, are interested in learning about your particular personal journey to answering your unique calling. So let's start with sort of talking about your unique calling. What exactly called you to be a spiritual life coach? I think life happened to me. And as I went through the journey, I realized I'm not alone in this. And a lot of people experience the same things that I did. Um, So what led me here was living it myself and realizing that people are in pain and it's a lot easier to walk it with someone else. Lovely. That's really beautiful. And such an important, such an important point. It's, it's interesting how people come to the work through their own life experience. So what were you doing before you were a spiritual life coach? I was in the financial industry. I was a mortgage uh, loan processor for about seven years. Very successful, great money, but it was a really masculine environment. So when I started healing and trying to find myself, I realized it wasn't in alignment with me. So I made my way out of that industry. Wow, that's a big shift. So uh, when you were making that shift or when you were at, when you were in the finance world and sort of starting to look at making this transition, did it seem possible at the time? Oh my gosh, no. No, no, no. I was a completely different person. I was a go-getter, top performer, working 14-16 hour days, weekends, holidays. I couldn't imagine a life where I had time. Time to slow down, to meditate, to even take walks. So Night and day shift. It wasn't possible then, but now looking back, I'm glad I made the transition. Awesome. That's that's really incredible. So tell me a little bit, like, in your past life, like, you know, thinking about, like, even childhood, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I grew up very traditional, if I'm honest with you. Um, I'm from the Dominican Republic, so my growing up really was I wanted to be a mom and have kids. And I got married very young at 21 years old and marriage was not my forte. So it was a very toxic relationship. And I realized that, you know, quote unquote, I fell at that and I didn't really have any passions or anything. So I always enjoyed teaching. I always enjoyed um, psychology and stuff like that, business even. I, I'm a people person, you know, 
but it kind of found me. I didn't really have a dream until later in my 20s. Wow. So just sort of unfolded very organically for you, it sounds like. Yeah, I felt very led. I felt like there was a certain point in my 20s when my life started happening quickly. And I was just kind of catching up. And then when I look back and realize what it became, it was my dream all along, is to help other people, to teach other people and just give love. Wow. Yeah, that's really, you know, I, I find uh, when I talk to people about answering their, their calling, a lot of people have that experience of just sort of it unfolding and happening. And before they know mm -hmm. it, they've stepped into it and they're doing it. But, you know, looking back, like for you, were there signs earlier? That oh, always. Yeah. I mean, I went to college. I started wanting to be a Spanish teacher. teacher. Then I transitioned into psychology. I was passionate about it, but it was too emotionally draining for me. And then I ended up getting finishing out business. And then when you look at my career today, it encompasses all three parts. I am a teacher. I focus on the mind and the soul. And then I also brought in, you know, the business aspect of it. So there were signs always and all of my skills kind of align with what I do now. I just didn't think it was a possibility. You know, you grow up wanting the nine to five and you think that when you have that, you made it. And then you find yourself walking in the, you know, like a cog in the wheel and you're unhappy. You go to bed stressed, you wake up stressed, you're on anxiety medication. So somebody sold me a dream that wasn't mine. And I woke up one day like, how is this my life? So there were signs. I just didn't know how to read them then. Wow. Wow. Those are really powerful words. Somebody sold me a dream that wasn't mine. Because I think a lot of us feel that when we're sort of in in work and we're doing things that we don't really love to do and that don't light us up. And we definitely... Yeah. Honestly, speaking from the heart, it feels like you relive your parents' story. You want to do better than them. You want to get the job. You want to make them proud. But, you know, until you don't know who you are and what you like, you don't really know what you want to do. So you end up in a career, you go to school, you do all this stuff, and then you can't find happiness. And then it makes you realize that maybe they weren't happy either. They did the same thing you did. So I kind of felt like I broke that chain because, again, it kind of found me and life happened. But yeah, I mean, I just followed the pattern of what was put in front of me. My parents said, this is what you do. You go to school, you get a degree, you get a job. Wow. Yeah, that's so amazing. Like how many of us do that? Like my father wanted me to be an engineer. And you know, I was I was a rebellious teen. So I actually went to school for fine art, but I did eventually end up in software engineering before answering my calling as well. So it's really interesting. So you mentioned um, that you sort of felt led through this process. And so I'd love to like hear more about that, because that sounds like a really important part. Well, let's go back to my divorce. I was 26 years old at this point. I had been married five and a half years. And coming out of that, I was really unhappy. So people would ask me, hey, what do you like? I had no idea. I was like, I don't know. What do you like to eat? I don't know. Do you like to travel? I don't know. So I realized I was a 26 year old who felt like she was two. I didn't know what I like to do, what I like to eat, where I like to go. And I'm in this career, I'm working super hard, trying to get out of debt. And it started happening slowly at first, meaning I was able to get out of debt. And then I was able to, you know, start enjoying reading again and getting into self-help books. And then I would find something in a book that led me to another thing. And then I heard about a life purpose. And I was like, ooh, I probably have one of those. So I started looking into that and asking the question. And I feel like when you ask the question, the universe shows up. So it started with moving to Florida, 
hating depression, finding a spiritual teacher. And it, I was all kind of guided through healing. And as I was healing, I started to realize there's more to this. It's not what everybody told me before. You know, I grew up with a completely different mindset. And then in my 20s, I felt like I was rediscovering myself. Um, and as I was doing that, there were nudges, you know, the life purpose. That was literally the name of the institute where I got certified. I literally put that on Google. And that's the first one that came up. And it happened so magically. I called Curious. They typically did like an essay or an interview. They offered me the thing within five minutes. I put it on a credit card before I could think about it. Wow. And then next thing happened, you know, I hit probably the lowest point in my depression, but also my wake up call was when everything crumbled. And the only thing that changed was me. My life was exactly the same. And walking out of there being like, wow, I get to do it over. And at this point, I'm signed up to become a life coach. I'm like, this is awesome. And then I fell in love with it. I started it and I realized that I was natural and I loved it. And I got so much. I've always wanted to save people, but it was uninvited, you know, telling people what to do or you should try this. You should try that. But with coaching, people wanted it. They were seeking it. They were asking me. And then I started to realize I was meant to be doing that all along, like, but it took my own healing. It took my own breaking. It took my own unconditioning breaking down for me to discover what was inside because I had been conditioned for so long by my parents, society, marriage, and all of these things that hurt me along the way. But the truth is I didn't really get to experience me until I lost everything. And then when I did, I rebuilt it from the heart, meaning what actually makes me happy. What do I enjoy? And I was glad it came from a book or a person or a conversation. And one thing led to another. And here we are. And I would I wouldn't take it back. My life completely changed for the better. Wow. Wow. That's an amazing story. And there's so much in there that I want to like hit on. Like that whole part <laughs> about when you answer or ask a question to the universe, it shows up. And that's just really so I found that to be so true in my life. So mm -hmm. that's really amazing. Um so you mentioned that you wanted to save people. And I think that that's really interesting because, you know, there's this strong element of service to answering your calling or, or to having a spiritual calling. And so, you know, I find that the people who really step into this work want to save people, want to help people, want to save the world, change the world, those mm -hmm. kinds of things. So, so tell me a little bit more about like how you view service in your calling. Well, it's changed as I've grown. Um, before it was, I can save everybody. I can help everybody. If, if it's within my means, I will do it, but it would be to the sacrifice and the detriment of my own well-being. So I would take the food away from me to give to someone else, basically. And after a while, you realize that you have to love number one first. So now it's changing to the people that want to be helped. They will come to me. Meaning if they see me and they know what I can do, whether it's a friend, a family member, a client, if they need help, they will ask. You can't just go through the world helping other people, giving, 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 because you hit a point where you're like, I have nothing left, not even to give to yourself. And it's changed. I'm glad it did because I burned out. I was trying to save, you know, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, because like I felt their pain. I'm an empath. So anytime somebody was hurting, I would cry with them and really take that home with me. And that's not how you help. I mean, for me, helping now is I give you my heart as much as I can. I sit with you through it, but only when you want it, because you don't really change unless you want to. 
Yeah, definitely that whole idea of putting your your own oxygen mask on first, right? So exactly. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's really powerful. So tell me a little bit about the work that you do. Like, you know, the, I, I read your bio and you, you in particular help people through transitions. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, tell me a little bit about, about that. Well, there's different parts to it, but it's, it's basically stuff that I've lived and now that I've been trained to manage in a healthy way. So I can tell you the wrong way to do it and I can tell you the right way to do it because when I got divorced and it was toxic and I wasn't dead and I didn't know who I was, I acted out in the wrong ways, meaning drinking, sleeping around, acting crazy, doing things that, you know, were not in alignment with the person I came to be Um, versus now I could sit with somebody and be like, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry. Let's talk about your feelings. Let's really feel through something. So it's really helping people walk the journey that I did, but they don't have to do it alone. So limiting beliefs and anything that's keeping you stuck, anything that's allowing, making you play small or people please or sacrifice. We really just work through it one block at a time so that you can continue the journey on your own. So it's really about empowering people to learn the things that I learned the hard way so they don't have to go through it in pain and they can learn those lessons in love and hopefully flourish in their journey. Yeah, amazing. That's wonderful. So you mentioned... um, you know, we talked about this idea of not feeling that it was possible when you first started to step into this. And um, I think a lot of people struggle with that. They have a story that they tell themselves about what it has to look like and how much money they have to make and whether they even can make a living doing their spiritual work. And so for you, what what was the point that that changed that you started to really see or believe that it was possible to do this? Honestly, it took action on my part because at first there's fear, there's insecurity. You're like, what if people don't want it? What if I'm not going to make a living out of this? And then you do it anyways. You push through a little bit and then the signs just start showing up. You get your first client, you get your second client, you get the third, then you get invited to an event and it slowly starts to unfold. And, you know, you gain that confidence, you gain that momentum of, wait a minute, I can actually do this and it's going great and people are receiving it. So whatever you're called to do, once you start taking steps, like be afraid and do it anyways, you're going to start to see it's going to start to unfold for you and it's going to be bigger and greater than you even imagined. And money, yes, it matters. But once you find your soul's purpose, money doesn't really matter. Money just shows up. It's one of those things where when you're doing the right thing, it doesn't feel like work. And I know it's cliche, but I would do it for free. That's how much I love what I do. Awesome. Wow, that's really amazing. And I love I love how much passion that you have about it, because it just really comes through. And it's it's, I think that that's something that people who are answering their, their calling really have in common is that they just are so passionate about it. The money is really like a secondary thing. It's all about the work that they're doing the service that they're that they're showing up for. Exactly. Yeah, that's just that's really amazing. So um, I know that, you know, the other day I posted um, a post on my social media talking about people who want to change the world. You know, as we answer our unique calling, we, we were like a rock in the pond and we sort of create these ripples and they, you know, move out and affect other people and start to um, elevate the whole vibe. And I, one of the things that I've always found amazing about you is how much you like network and like work with other people. So tell me a little bit about like, I know you're doing a yoga thing. That's a collaboration. So tell me a little bit about like your, your networking and your collaboration, collaborative work. Well, I've always been really good at making friends because I can pick out the people who are genuine. 
So when I make a hard connection with somebody, they're going to be my best friend for life. And I'm the type of person that brings people together. So being extroverted has always been on my side. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I found that, honestly, my passion is community. I need people. I don't want this for myself. I don't want to do it just for me. I feel like we should all grow together. So the more I lean into community and meeting people and networking and just allowing people to come together and have differing opinions. And even if we don't see eye to eye on things, that's when you create the most beautiful things. Um, even that yoga thing that I'm creating now came out of just a thought with my best friend. We're like, we already do this ourselves and we love it. Why don't we share it with other people? I bet there's other people out there looking for community and it's grown since. I mean, it's just beautiful to see that something that feels so natural to me, which is just making friends and talking to new people and talking about what I love. That's what works for me. Um, I don't really have to try that hard. This is just fortunately something that feels right to me, just to connect with people with no ulterior motives, not trying to sell anything, just genuine connection. Yeah, yeah. So I, I always tell my clients, like part of answering your calling is you know, really getting into what your what your gifts and strengths are, and then leaning into those a lot. And it sounds like you've really mastered that around the community aspect. That's really awesome. So yeah. I, I also know that you are interested in or have done some human design. So tell me a little bit about how your design influences your work or the way that you show up in your business. Well, the first time I heard about it, I realized I've been living wrong my whole life. So uh, I'm a generator, which means I'm supposed to wait to respond. I've always been a go-getter and a doer, and it never worked for me. So when I got into human design and I started reading about it and learning about it, I realized, one, that I was operating the opposite way, and two, that when I operated in the way that I'm supposed to, things happen a lot easier. There's a lot less resistance, a lot less frustration. And it's fascinating to me. I'm honestly, I even want to get certified. I love it so much because it really helps you understand all the little things that you have, including community for me. That's something that I learned recently. And when I started reading about it and leaning into that is something that comes natural and it flows. Um, as a generator, when I'm lit up, people feel it. People feel my personality. It's a lot, but for the right people, it's just enough. And they really can tell my passion and my desire and my excitement and that drives them. So it's helped me a lot because now that I understand the best way for me to operate, not only is my life flowing a lot easier, I'm making the right connections and it's all coming together for me. Yeah. Wow. That's that's really exciting. I, I think human design is one of those things that just when you learn it, it's like, it just changes so much. I mean, I, I'm a manifesting generator myself. And so I have the same wait to respond strategy. And you know, my father, we grew up, my father was an entrepreneur, and he was always go make it happen, go do it. Like it was all like about initiating and, and drive. And I, I tried to operate that way for so long in my life. And it was just so frustrating. So yeah, it's, it's really exciting. So, yeah. She sounds like my mother. She was a manifester. And imagine poor me as a generator trying to live up to her expectations was impossible. But when you figure out the right kind of you and who you are, it doesn't matter what your parents really think. It's what lights you up every day. Yeah, awesome. You mentioned being an empath and some of the struggles that you initially had being an empath. And I know that that's something I see all the time on, on my friends list, on Facebook, other other people. I've even started to see some like empath specific support groups popping up on Facebook. So if you if you could offer a piece of advice or some, some wisdom to another empath who's struggling with that, what would that be? 
what comes to mind is spend time by, by yourself. I know it sounds scary to get away, but the only way to really know how you feel and how much of it is you is to take that time away to really sit with you and see what am I really feeling? Because sometimes you pick up sadness or frustration or anger, and then you find yourself snapping or crying. And you're like, what is going on? But when you walk away, take a walk in nature, journal, whatever that looks like for you, you really connect with, wait a minute, this is what I really feel. That other part had nothing to do with me. And you've got to protect your energy. And what that means is sometimes not letting everybody have access to it. Awesome. Ironically, that's the same kind of advice we give in human design to people with a lot of openness in their chart. So that's, that's incredible. So yeah, so what what else would you would you like to say? I mean, honestly, just thank you for the opportunity. I love talking about my life's work, because, you know, now that I found it, I can't imagine life any other way. And I think more people should step into the light, stop playing small, really tune into who you are, or who you came to be. And just trust it. Take a little bit of action and the rest will unfold. And it just, it's a beautiful life. It's time for us, all of us to start living it. Yeah. Awesome. That's incredible. And yeah, I love that part about just taking a step. I mean, I, I, I often talk about the one most aligned action because that's that's really a, just one step at a time. Find the most aligned action. Do it. Do it now and you'll move forward before you know it. It's so amazing. So Jordi, how do how do people get in touch with you if they want to learn about working with you or just, uh, you know, learn more about you and your work? Well, right now I'm really mainly on Instagram. So it's journey through the darkness and it's T-H-R-U. Um, I'm building out my website that should be up shortly. But for right now, that's the best way to reach me. My email is on there. All my links are on there. And you could even set up an appointment on my calendar for an intro call. I mean, anybody that resonates with my message and would love to connect, I love people. Reach out and I would love to see where it goes. Awesome. That's so incredible. And how do people join your your collaborate, your yoga collab? What is it? Yoga on the Beach or tell, tell yes. us a little bit more about it. <laughs> well, this this new venture we're taking is really soul aligned. So we're doing yoga at the beach here in Florida. The thing is, everybody doesn't live in Florida. So we're doing that on Saturdays in the morning. And it's basically yoga meditation and a little bit of coaching because, you know, sometimes strong feelings come out and you want to have somebody to support you through it. Um, but we even created an online version of this. So we're still figuring out the days. I feel like it's going to be every Sunday online around 6 or 7 p.m. Um, and essentially, we're just going to get together intentionally for an hour a week to really pick a topic, let's say self-love. And we'll start with a meditation around that. We'll do a yoga flow that's very aligned. So for example, for self-love, it will be heart openers and really slow movement. And then at the end, we'll just talk about how did that feel? What, what came up for you during that time? And it's just about building community and really exploring spirituality in a safe, safe sorry, in a safe way. Um, and not only that, but also loving your body through it. Wow, that sounds so amazing. And you know, I, I, I'm a yoga teacher as well. And so that just sounds like a really amazing practice. So if that sounded amazing to you as well, uh, follow Jordi on Instagram. Be sure you, you watch for that collab, collaborative yoga practice. So thank you again, Jordi, for, for joining me today. It's been really just a delight learning about your mission and how you stepped into answering your unique calling. Thank you so much, Julian, for having me. Yeah. So thank you for listening, everyone. You can reach me at priestofinana.com. That's priestofinana, I-N-A-N-N-A.com. I'm also on Instagram at priestofinana. Bright blessings. 
Are you a soulpreneur? You've answered your unique calling by starting a spirituality-based business. Maybe now you find yourself overwhelmed. There's so much to do for your business and so many things you've never done before that you need to learn how to do. With an ever-growing to-do list, you may feel like you'll never get everything done. Decisions become complicated and you may feel like you need to work all the time. Even worse, our old friend imposter syndrome hooks his head up. You struggle with your pricing and every business coach on the planet wants to sell you a marketing system. I've been there. It's why I've created my Soulpreneur Energetic Success Program. This coaching program helps you use your human design, storytelling, ritual, and transformational coaching to build your Soulpreneur business. Discover how to make the best decisions for you, how to find the most aligned action to take, overcome imposter syndrome, confidently charge what your services are worth, and move forward with ease and grace. Visit my website, www.priestofanana.com to schedule a free intro call.